If you have a Bible, find the book of Ephesians, Ephesians, and we're going to be in chapter number four, and we'll get to that uh, here in just a, a few minutes. But if you have missed the past couple weeks, let me quickly like get you all caught up on that. Uh, two weeks ago, we, we had a Sunday that we called Vision Sunday, and where, where as pastors, we kind of laid out what we, felt, what we feel and what we felt God has been, in a way, saying to us and, and leading us. Um, as a church over the next uh, few years even. And um, there was three specific pieces, and you can put that slide here up on the screen for me. The first piece of that is what we called kingdom builders, kingdom builders giving specifically. And that is that over the next five years, specifically, we feel that God is leading our church to invest financially um, in building the kingdom of God outside of even our church here. And we, uh, if you weren't here last week, we spent the entire Sunday morning talking about this in a very detailed way. We have a very strategic plan uh, that I believe is just absolutely fantastic. We have spent hours and hours praying and coming up with this and talking through some different things. And uh, if you were not here last week, on your way out, we're going to throw some tables right in front of the doors so you have to walk around them even. Uh, but if you weren't here last week, we're gonna, we have these little booklets here that explain last week really well. And uh, we want you to take one of those if you didn't and look through this. Uh, basically, we, we feel that at some point here, our church in, in the near future is going to give $500,000, a half a million dollars in a single year above and beyond what is actually given to our church. It's going to be given in a way through our church to build in the kingdom of God around the world. And this is a massive dream for us. And uh, if you missed last week, you're going to take one of these and then I need you to go home, especially like if you call this your church and, and this is your church family here and you weren't here last week, you need to listen to the message. I know it was the longest sermon I've ever preached in my life. It was seriously 53 minutes and I'm so proud of myself for that. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Some of you were like, you should not be proud of that. Like that is, you should not be. Okay. But I need you to, I need you to take the time to listen to that and take one of these booklets and really just begin to pray about what does it look like for me to be involved in what God is doing here through this right here. For many of us who were here last week, you took this thing home, you prayed about it, you had conversations with your spouse or whatever your situation is, and, and maybe you uh, are at a spot where you're like, yeah, I'm on board, and we had these little commitment card things, not going to spend very much time at all on this anymore, but if you didn't, if you didn't do this yet and you were like, I need, I'm, I'm in, okay, we want you to take this card, fill this out, put it in one of the offering boxes on your way out today, uh, just so that we're all on the same page with this, okay? That was the quickest thing, and that deserved more time than it got right there, but I need you to watch that thing if you missed it. Get involved. This is significant for our church. Nod your head if you heard anything I said so far. Okay, about seven of us. Yeah, as soon as we talk about money, people like tune out and they're like, la, 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 la. You ever have a kid do that? That's what you, some of you are doing that to me right now and that's okay. All right. Um, I'm excited today to share with you the second and third piece of this and um, most of our time is going to be spent on the one to your far right, uh, but I do want us to just take a moment to talk about this middle one. And uh, <clears throat> 2014, um, I was sitting at a conference little thing at a round table, 
and we were, we were eating some food, and Corey, Pastor Corey was with me, and we're sitting at this table and kind of bored with the conversation of what's happening, and, and just in the midst of that, God really began to speak something to my mind. I literally grabbed a, a napkin on the middle of the table and a pen and began to draw, and what I did is uh, I grabbed this napkin and I grabbed a pen and I drew the intersection of I-94 and 71 and Sock Center right in the middle because that's, that's where I was. And um, just from the back of my mind, I began to put dots on all of the cities around us that had high schools. And there were 14 of them within 30 minutes, 30 miles about of Sock Center. You know, Alexandria and Glenwood and Long Prairie and Melrose and Albany and okay, you know, Holding Ford and the list goes on and on. And I began to put these dots all over and I felt God just very specifically speak to me, like not in an audible way. You don't have to think like I'm special like that. We just, we're a church that believes that God speaks to people still through their minds and through what they read and conversations, different things. But God just put this in my mind um, and it was a change of a course for the future of our church. This was 2014. And at that point, I was massively set on just kind of sock center, sock center, sock center, sock center. It was what I was about. Um, <coughs> and some of you were a part of our church at that point. And there was a switch that happened in my mind that began to expand our reach. And I felt God speak to me and say, um, you will have a greater impact than Sock Center here at this church. Not me, but our church right here. River of Life Church is going to impact central Minnesota in a massive way. And I begin to realize that the cities around us, many, many of them simply do not even have an evangelical church at all. And some of you come from those cities and you're driving here from Belgrade and you, you know, because you don't have a church in Belgrade and you're driving here from other places, okay, because there's nothing for you to go to there. And so over the next number of years, um, we have a dream to put some churches in places around us that don't have some. And they will be locations of River of Life Church in places like Belgrade or even Albany, as crazy as it is, doesn't really have a church. Albany, okay, Holding Fort, Uppsala, the list goes on and on um, all around us. And we really didn't see anything happen with this whole thing until like 2019. Five years for me, this has like been inside, kind of burning, like, God, what do we do with this? 2019 comes along, Long Prairie situation comes into play, uh, and, and if you don't know this about our church, we actually have two locations of our church now, a church in Long Prairie and a church right here, okay? And so that's, that's really what I'm going to limit this middle one, the conversation to. It is a dream that has been in the works for a number of years, and we see this coming, and I'll just end that part by saying this. For some of us in this place, and you live in cities that don't have a church, and you commute here and all sorts of things, be ready for over the next number of years for the possibility of you having a, a location of our church even in your city. And just be ready for that if that is you um, and uh, we're just excited about that, okay? Uh, like, put your thumbs up like this if you think that's cool. Yeah, all right, we're so, we're so cool around here. I just love that. All right, enough of that. Let's get to the Bible and really look at this third part of this plan to send ministry people out. Uh, let's start by taking a moment. We're just going to read this passage of scripture together. So stand with me all over this place. Stretch your legs. Go like this. Whatever you need to do to make it through another 54 minutes. That's my goal today. I'm, every week I think I'm just going to try to break my record. Is that okay? 
<laughs> that was the most loudest no. That was okay. We're going downhill. All right, Ephesians chapter four. Um, let's start with verse number eleven. Ephesians four eleven. Here's what it says. So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip his people for, for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. All right, let's pray. God, we just, we just kind of take a deep breath together and we really just invite you into this moment. We pray that through your very word that something so real, something so significant would just um, overflow out of the next few minutes. And so God, we give this to you. Uh, we pray for clarity. We pray for unity. We pray for your help and your voice to be central. And so, God, we just give this to you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, give somebody a high five and have a seat. All right, here we go. Pay attention. Feel like a teacher. Stop sleeping. I'm just going to be honest with you from the very beginning of this conversation. Uh, our, our vision to send 50 ministry people out from our church family, like it's super messy. It's super messy. And when I say messy, what I mean is it's actually quite difficult to define and it can be kind of confusing. And so really what, what the purpose of this morning is, uh, is to attempt to take a biblical approach to, I guess, what we would call a call to ministry. And for some of us in this place, you even have something inside of you that kind of burns in you like, and you have questions about, is this possibly me? And even in the last couple of weeks since we've kind of launched this idea, I've had just a number of people that come up and say, I think this might be me. I, I don't know, though. Can we talk about it? Whatever. Okay. And so that's some of us in this place. And I want to try to bring some clarity to this. In the middle of bringing clarity to that right there, there's going to be a very strong message that comes out to those who maybe aren't feeling that and don't feel that. And I'm excited for us really to kind of see this play out in two different ways, which includes every single one of us in this place that considers yourself a Christian. Uh, and so here we go with this. We're going to start with Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, a short passage of scripture that I think is really helpful in this, in understanding this thing that we call a call to ministry. Kind of maybe a weird thing that, to, to say. But, uh, and so just a few, a few minutes to talk through these verses. Let's go into this like with a super open heart today and open mind uh, because I just believe that there's something really significant here, okay? Uh, verse number 11, okay? We already read this together. We're gonna talk through it verse by verse and even word by word at some points uh, to just get a handle on this. Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, okay? So here we go. Right from the beginning, we have this idea that Jesus gives churches certain kinds of leaders. Uh, the word gave there, like I think we could, um, gave, when you say the word gave, it's almost like he 
born them into that or in a way, but, but you could really say he calls them and he moves them into this position or something. And so right from the, right from the get-go here, there are certain people in, in the church family that have a little bit of a different type of a different type of role. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors. We're not going to go through all these one by one. That's not really the point of where we're going with this today. But the point, there is a group of people in the church where their role is a bit different than everybody else's. What is their role? Uh, the passage here tells us that Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, verse 12, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So the role in this specific passage and these specific leaders, the role of these leaders is actually to equip his people for works of service. Okay, a couple questions here. Who is his people? Well, you don't need need a PhD to figure this out. I'm telling you, his people is like God's people, the people of God, or you could say the church people, Christians, Okay, the list goes on and on. However you want to say this, it's followers of Christ. So the idea, we have specific leaders, pastors, teachers, etc. Their role is to equip the church people. Uh, and that word equip here, sometimes some of your Bibles, if you have, it may say the word prepare. It may say the word train. Okay, all kind of the same. Their role, these leaders, is to equip, prepare, train the church people for works of service. Now, this, this book of Ephesians ancient letter written by this man named Paul, and uh, which we're going to see a little bit of his life later. Uh, the book of Ephesians was originally written in the Greek language, and we have an English translation of that. Okay, If you didn't know that, it was not written in English. None of the Bible was written in English. It's all been translated into English for us. But the phrase here, and sometimes this matters, the phrase works of service. Do you see that? It, like trains the people for works of service. Greek word diakonia. Diakonia. Now you know Greek. This is super fun, right? You're like, I don't really care. But this word shows up in the Bible all over the place, like a ton of times. And it's, and it's translated into English specifically three different ways. Uh, the first is the word service or the word serving, okay? That's kind of what we have right here and it's the way that it's been translated, at least in this translation of the Bible right here. Works of service, uh, just the idea of doing something for somebody else. The second way, this word is actually translated as the word mission. Interesting. Only a handful of times do we see that, but it's like to prepare the church people for a mission is a way that you could translate this. Uh, but the most... the the most common way that this word diakonia in, is translated into English is not service and it's not mission. It's actually the word ministry. That's interesting, isn't it? Okay, Ministry. is the, it, A little over 50% of the time that this shows up in the New Testament, it is translated into, into the word ministry. Uh, and so... Uh, and if this seems like we're taking a lot of time on this verse and this word, we are. But this is helpful for me and helpful in our conversation about sending 50 ministers or people out to ministry. So putting this verse right here just all together so that we kind of are getting somewhere, Jesus gives these specific people or calls these specific people, te teachers, pastors, whatever, and their role is to equip, train, prepare the church people for ministry. Are you with me? Now, uh, someone who does ministry, what would you call that person? 
It's not, not a trick question here. A minister. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Like, don't miss this here. In the Bible, every Christian is a minister. Every Christian is a minister. Siri just responded to me on my watch. I've never had that happen while I've been speaking. That's funny. Okay? Every Christian is a minister. The people of God, the church people, or we could say Christians, all should be doing ministry. All of us are, in a way, ministers. Now listen to me here. Don't miss this. In the Bible, we don't have special Christians who do ministry and other Christians who don't do ministry. In fact, as we've been kind of looking at this as, a, as church leadership, we've kind of realized that like ministry and ministers may not be the right way for us even to say this when we're talking about uh, the 50 people that we feel God is kind of leading us to, okay? Because it's pretty clear that in the Bible, all Christians are ministers, like every single one. It's the Greek word here we have in our passage for ministry. But don't miss this right here. In the Bible, every Christian is a minister, but some Christians are called in a little bit of a different way. In a little bit of a different way. All Christians are ministers. We've come to that conclusion together, but as we read this passage of scripture, it's clear that we have some, and in this, in Ephesians 4, we have this list, pastors, teachers, whatever else, that are called to minister in a little bit of a different way, and the example we're given with these specific leaders is that these specific leaders are called to equip, train, prepare, the rest of the church people for works of service or for ministry. And so the question for us right now, and we're kind of, this right here is going to be like climbing a mountain together, and hopefully we get somewhere with this, I promise, and hope we don't fall backwards, okay? But we're, we're working on this. The question right now is, what does it look like for a person to be called in this little bit of a different way, as all Christians are ministers? Well, Part of what makes this messy, you remember earlier I said it's kind of messy to talk about? Part of what makes this messy is that this plays itself out in the Bible and in real life in, all, in a number of different ways. And so we have this idea of some Christians are called to something a little bit different when it comes to ministry, but that shows itself in a whole bunch of different ways. In fact, let me show you two very different situations from the Bible where we see this play out. Acts chapter 9 tells the story of what is known as Paul's conversion, okay? If you don't know what that means, it's a supernatural event after Jesus has been crucified, after Jesus has been raised from the dead, there's this man named Saul at the time. Eventually, he's going to change his name to Paul. Okay? Paul, Saul, was a Jesus hater. Uh, he was anti-Christian, anti-Jesus, uh, was on his way to arrest Christians. In fact, right before we have this, um, this supernatural event that happens in Acts chapter 9, uh, Saul is standing at the feet of of this man named Stephen and overseeing the murder of this Christian. And we have that in his life. This is a man that hates Jesus. And so Saul, in Acts chapter 9, is now traveling from Jerusalem north on this road. He's getting, he's a, a, quite a ways up there actually. And he has a supernatural experience where Jesus shows up. It's supernatural because Jesus is not even on earth anymore. And Jesus shows himself, there's a bright light, the people with Saul all like are like, I don't see anything. 
And Saul's freaking out because Jesus is right there and Jesus begins to talk to him and Jesus says, hey, hey, yo, yo, Paul. And he's like, who are you? You know, and Jesus says, it's me, the one you're like persecuting. Knock it off, all right? And then, you know, this is not exactly what it says, but you can read it for yourself, okay? And, uh, and Jesus says, Paul, go find this man named Ananias and he'll tell you what to do. Okay, and then Jesus hangs up the phone and disappears. Okay, that's really what the story looks like, all right? And at that same time, at that, in that same moment, God or Jesus or an angel speaks to this man named Ananias, who is a follower of Jesus, who is a Christian. And this is verse number 15 of Acts chapter 9. It says, the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Ananias, God talks to him and says, go find this cat named Saul who just had this crazy thing happen. I have chosen him. Do you see the wording here that we even have? He is my chosen instrument. God has chosen Saul for something different than the average Christian who also has, is it called to minister, okay? Um, and so supernatural event, God called Paul. Uh, the interesting part of this story is that you could argue that Paul is called to, to a different form of ministry before he's even a Christian, in a way. God chooses this dude before he's really even a Christian. Uh, Paul is not praying, God, I'll do anything. Here we go. Like, no, God just chose him and called him. But it doesn't always work like that. And this is where, again, things get kind of messy because we also see this call looking completely different in other places. Let me show you this. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. This man named Isaiah has a supernatural experience. And let me read this to you. Uh, this is starting in verse number eight. This is now, this is actually hundreds of years before Saul and Jesus. But here's what Isaiah writes this down after it happened. He says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go. God says, who should I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah kind of volunteers. And so we really have uh, one side where God chooses somebody before they're even a Christian to be called into something different. And then over here we have a different time where, where the call to this special ministry for Isaiah seemed to almost come like this. Okay, so you can really see the mess that we have when we come, even as we begin to define what it looks like to have this call to ministry. And again, all of us, every single one of us, if you are a Christian, then you are a minister. Then that, okay, that is black and white. You are to do ministry. But then we see God choosing people to do something different. We also see people kind of volunteering to be called by God as well. Okay? And scripturally, it's also a bit messy when it comes to what this should look like within a church family and a family of believers. Let me again just show you the story of Paul, okay? who, who at this point is still Saul. I know that makes things weird, but uh, 
he has, Paul, Saul has this ex- supernatural experience with Jesus on the road. He goes and finds Ananias. Ananias helps him and tells him what. And then here's what happens next. Acts 9, verse 19. This is like boom, 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 boom. It says, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. So he finds these Christians and he's hanging out with them. And verse number 20, at once he began to preach in the synagogue that Jesus is the son of God. Supernatural event, call from God to do something significant or different, I guess is a better word. God chooses him for something and immediately Saul just like starts preaching the story of Jesus. He doesn't know diddly squat at this point. He he doesn't even know all the stuff. He's just like, this happened to me and I'm just going to tell you about it. And he just begins to do this ministry in a different way. Okay, But fast forward a few chapters now to chapter 13. This is only four chapters later in the book of Acts. But uh, it's actually estimated to be a full decade later in the timeline of Paul's life. Even as much as 15 years, which is kind of can be weird as we read the Bible. But uh, check this out in Acts chapter 13. Okay, 10 years later now, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Now let me point out a couple things here. Like first, again, we see the work that I have called them to. Do you see that? The work that I have called them to. Special call on Saul's life. And in this situation, this man named Barnabas is included as well. Second, I want you to notice the word they. And I like, I made a couple of them pink for you so that you could see it. That was, I thought I did a pretty good job with that. Okay. But they, they, uh, who is they? All right. Clearly they is not Saul and Barnabas here. Okay. While they were worshiping the Lord is not just Saul and Barnabas and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, Saul and Barnabas. You know, if it was just them, you know, they'd be like, they, they wouldn't say it that way, okay? For the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Paul's initial call, he just starts doing ministry. A decade later, he seems to be involved or connected with a, a church, in a way, or at least a group of Christians, Jesus followers that are together, and his call and what he does from here on out seems to be connected with this group of Christians in a way, sending them and praying and fasting and equipping and being a part of that, and then they go off and do something different, okay? Uh, And so here's my point in this situation. Okay, there was a they here, but there's not always a they. All right, yes, so this is great. Here's where we're at in this conversation. Are you ready? This is what we've learned. We've learned that this is really messy and that this looks different all the time. Everywhere you go and everything you look at, nothing seems to happen in the same way. It's really hard to put this, like, uh, to, to just kind of put this together. And... Uh, we've also learned that every Christian is a minister. Every Christian is a minister. But there are some that seem to be called to something different. What that is, how that plays out, all right, uh, we can have all sorts of conversations about it, and I don't, I don't even know, okay? But this is what we're learning. And 
Uh, here's where this has left us, and this is where we try to transition to talk a little bit about our, our 50 and whatever else. The past few weeks, as we announced, you know, that this is, a, this is just a, a God-given, we feel a God-given dream for the num- next number of years in our church, where we feel like God is going to call people specifically from our church family to something a little bit different, okay? After we announced that, we had a number of people in our church family approach us saying, I think that might be me, okay? And some of you are here today, many of you are here today, and uh, I think that might be me, but understand this. For some of us, what you are feeling is actually this call to live out the Christian life probably in the way it was intended to be lived. Do you understand what I'm saying? Every single one of us are ministers, and for you, like maybe this just means for you a more, that you are more purposeful about being a minister wherever you are. When you're with your family, you are a minister. When you are with your neighbors, you are a minister. When you are with your coworkers, you are doing ministry Uh, With your gifts and your talents and your finances, you are doing ministry in that way because every Christian is supposed to be a minister. Do you need to say that out loud with me? Every Christian is supposed to be a minister. I said it fast and you couldn't, okay? But at least you heard it twice. Every Christian is supposed to be a minister, okay? But some of us, though, listen to me, some of us, God is calling us, calling you to something different and you are trying to figure out what that means and what that looks like. And don't hear this at all today as some people are special in the kingdom of God and some people aren't. We saw from the very beginning of Paul's call that part of Ananias' message to Paul was like, God has chosen you, oh yeah, and tell him how much he's gonna suffer. Like seriously, Paul's life, one of the most impactful people in history when it comes to Christianity. Significantly, also someone who suffered more as a Christian because of his faith in Christ than most of us could ever even imagine. And so this is not all like unicorns and flowers around here when you think about, wow, God has called me to something special. Like understand that. There is sacrifice, there's things that have to happen, okay? Uh, Like that's not what this is, but some are called to equip and train and prepare the church people. We saw that in the form of teachers and pastors in the Bible, but listen, there are other things that, that you could be called to within the kingdom of God as well, to be a missionary. What is a missionary? A missionary is a person that goes to places that, that where, where Jesus is not, in a way, and have like, uh, maybe you're called to be a missionary and go to places that have zero known Christians. And that is the call, and you feel that. Or maybe your call is to lead people in times of worship through singing or writing songs, okay? Uh, Like, I'm not going to sit here and limit what the call of God may be in somebody's life, but understand what we're talking about for sure is a Jesus-focused, Jesus-centered calling because I also believe this, and don't miss this. I know we're kind of dragging on here, but this is important. I also believe God calls people to be doctors, and teachers, and psychologists, and to work at Walmart, and the list goes on and on. Like, well, listen, like, I love that stuff, and I think that it is part, it is part of the plan of God. If you're a doctor, be a minister as you are a doctor, 
take care of people's physical bodies and minister for Jesus. And if, if you are a teacher, teach people, but don't forget your calling as a Christian to minister as you do that. If you work at Walmart, like stock the shelves or lead people or help customers and do it and minister in the same way. This is a beautiful way that we go out and, 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 and really minister to our world, okay? All right, all of that. Uh, but today, for some of us, this is a little bit different than that. Not better, but different. And, and if you desire, we want to help you with this. And so we're just kind of transitioning and then we're going to sing here in a minute. In fact, music team, will you please come? <coughs> Sorry, coughing right into the microphone. With the, help of, with the help of a few other churches and pastors, like kind of a, in a little bit of a combined effort, and then, and then we really kind of made some of this our own, uh, we have put together what we call a ministry action plan. Um, and we have a second version of it that we call the missionary action plan. Uh, simply put, what we have and what we have been a part of creating is a plan for people who think I might be called to something different when it comes to being a Christian. And it's not an easy plan. It's not like something you do in two weeks and you're like, check that thing, okay? Um, it is a lot. It involves reading books and having mentors and exploring different things and prayer and fasting. Uh, but it is a plan for ministry and missions. And if you are here even right now or you're listening to this online uh, and you think to yourself, maybe, maybe this is something that God has called me to, something a little bit different. Maybe you don't even know what that is and maybe you don't even know if maybe or I'm not even whatever, Okay. Like, we, we, just want to, we just want to help with some of that. And so what we want to do is, is if that's you, if you feel like maybe God is calling me to a different level, I don't like saying a different level, a different ministry when it comes to this, uh, then we have an easy way for you to kind of get on that. Go put that, put that next slide up here for me. Uh, there's a way that you can just text. You can text the word called to 77222. All that does for us is it puts us puts you on a list and then we just will reach out to you and start a conversation about this. Okay, here's what we knew, we, what we know, okay? We feel God is, is, is moving our church to send 50 people. I don't know what that means and what that looks like. We're trying to define some of this stuff. We feel like a significant amount of that is going to actually be in our children and our teenagers right now. We're starting to see that. And as parents, we've got to kind of help with some of those things too and be a part of that. But just if this is for you, we, want to, we just kind of want to um, just open this door for you today uh, as a way to just kind of start a conversation with us and we'll just see where that goes. Like I said, we don't have answers to a lot of questions, but we're just trying to follow God lead us in this point. So will you stand with me all over this place? One final thing here just before we go, and uh, that is we, we just always want to give people an opportunity to respond to, to Jesus, even for the first time. And so I don't know why you're here. For some of us, uh, this isn't your church and you've never been here, and this is kind of, in a way, you're here. Uh, and I think the question for me is like, have you ever truly responded to the message of Jesus? 
uh, which is basically a God that created us. He created a perfect world and we had this beautiful relationship with God in the very beginning, yet people kind of turned their backs on him. And that started with the very first people God ever created and it has continued on and on. But God in his love and his mercy and his grace stepped into that. It's, that's the story of the whole Bible, is that God who reached into this mess sent his very son and made this beautiful way for us to be right with God again. Uh, but the scripture says you've got to put your faith and your trust in him. Uh, and, and with no one looking around here just for a moment longer, uh, maybe you're here today and you would say, I've, I've never made the decision to put my faith and my trust in Jesus and what he's done. I'm not asking if you've been baptized or confirmed or dedicated as a baby even, okay? You're like, like, this is a heart thing. Have you ever really put your trust in Jesus? Uh, and if you're here today and you would say, I've never done that and I want to do that today, will you just quickly show me your hand? Just very quickly, just show me your hand. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Uh, if you're watching online right now, you can respond to this as well. Uh, there's a spot for you to do that. We want you to respond, but just a moment longer. But anyone that would just say, yes, that's me today. Okay, church, can we just help um, help the person today who, who raised their hand? And let's just all just pray together. Pray this. Pray, Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life. In your name I pray. Amen, amen. Come on, put your hands together for that.